back. Another episode of Cap and Trade here on Twitter Spaces. Episode 35, we got, as always, Mr. Landry Locker of 610 Radio in the locker room on YouTube. Encourage you to to subscribe to that if you're not already subscribed to it. So Yeah, if you please do that right now. Just go to go to YouTube and subscribe, please. How many what's your sub count up to now? I don't even know. I'm not keeping up, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to get it popping until the draft. That's I'm right. not sure. Yeah, the more okay. the merrier, though. Yeah. The more the merrier. Yeah, no, definitely go hit that up. I listen to it quite a bit and I enjoy it very much. So daily. It's, kind of, it's, it's not it's not an every other thing. It's a no. daily thing. Yes. It's an unfiltered version of Landry away from 610. So another unfortunate loss this week. Davis Mills continued to decline again. Sound like uh, the question's already been asked, should the team make a change? And Levy kind of shot that down pretty quickly, which I think everybody expected. But it, it's getting ugly. It's not showing any signs of life. He, he made, what, a couple of good throws this week, and the rest were – we're not so we're not so pretty to watch and you know if you do follow me on twitter you probably saw the the new fan confidence meter that i that i created and put it up and we put our first poll up yesterday and posted the graphic this morning so fan confidence is at 30 percent in mr davis mills so after about i think we had a little over 500 votes so we'll keep that running throughout the week or each week throughout the season assuming he continues to start if he's not starting, then we probably won't run it. But I mean, overall, man, it's just getting it's get it's getting very frustrating for the fans. It's you're not seeing any signs of improvement. You're not really seeing any growth that you want to see. It's okay, man. It's okay. I'm sure you were spitting gospel, dude. I'm sure you're spitting it. Uh, last I heard, you were talking about Mills. Uh, you got to roll with Mills. I don't think he needs to be benched. That was his best game, which might not be saying much. I do wonder, though, and I put this on sportsradio610.com today, and all you people, if y'all want to get into it, just go ahead and request to speak because the the whole point of this is to hear from y'all. I I talk all the time uh, trying to hear from y'all. So just request to speak, whatever you want to say. You want to call us idiots. You want to do whatever. Just just get in it. Let's have some fun uh, on this. Uh, But – I do wonder if uh, pressure is an issue for Davis Mills. And I don't, I'm not saying that's going to be something that lasts all the time, but for whatever reason, he plays best when there's no pressure. Last year at the end of the season, there was no pressure to win. The season was pretty much done, and he thrived. This year, there was pressure to win at the start. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then all of a sudden, they go down 20 points in a game, and he plays his best ball. And if you look at the road splits, the road splits are just absolutely atrocious with him. And there's a lot more pressure on the road. So I just wonder if maybe pressure uh, is an issue with Davis Mills, which could be the case. Not saying it's always going to be the case, but I do think there's something there and there's a decent enough sample size to where that might be something uh, worth paying attention to. I've said something similar. You know, we, we see him start doing well, start making, start, he'll make a throw here and there. And then if there's the strip sack, something negative, very negative happens and destroys the momentum, his momentum craters with it. And I've seen that these fast, these past four weeks where anytime he gets any kind of momentum going, it gets derailed and he's unable to recover from that. So I think those points kind of go hand in hand together with 
the pressure and with him trying to stage a comeback, anything like that, it's just something he just can't seem to overcome at this point. And it's, it's getting frustrating. It's getting frustrating for me. It's getting frustrating for the fans. And, you know, Lovey says no change coming. Like you said, there's no reason to. You've got to continue with Mills. There's absolutely no benefit changing to Kyle Allen. What is that maybe worth? Maybe worth a win or if that, you know, it's, it's, he's Davis Mills, just a little bit older. So there's really no reason to go to Kyle Allen or Jeff Driscoll or any of that matter. You stick with Davis Mills for as long as you can, as long as you can bear it. We'll see how, how long the coaches can bear that if they continue to lose, but it's just getting very difficult. And, you know, I just really don't know what, what needs to happen. It seems like you see, we see a lot of all 22 on the Twitter. We see, a lot of stats, a lot of numbers, and it's it's a little bit of everything. It's not play calling specific. It's not the type of routes that run, the wide receivers are running. It's not the separation that the players or wide receivers are getting. It's his accuracy is one of the things, but it's just a little bit of everything with a heavy emphasis on Mills's performance as a whole. But there are other pieces, like I said, that that are contributing to this offense's. Uh, issues and woes going forward so where would you rank mills on the list if you were li- if you were listing the issue oh I, he's he's it's, still it's, he's still uh, number I mean, one it's not going to be he's, i think so too i and i and i i know pep hamilton has become like a polarizing topic i do think there's a gray area i've criticized pep hamilton when he's need to be be criticized that for that uh third down play week one uh the the oh, selective yeah. Uh, of Burkhead, when to run Burkhead, when not to. I've criticized that, although I think that's just as much of a of a front office thing as anything. There, there's there's plenty to go around, but the number one problem with this offense, as far as stuff you could control, is Davis Mills. Yeah, no, it's he's definitely at the top of the list. He's a high, heavy percentage factor of the offensive woes, but there are, like you said, there are other pieces to it. So we usually don't take uh, requests this early, but. You know yeah, what? We yeah, we do. Yep. So, Chris, it's already uh, got a request in there. So, juice. We need Cap to get some juice. He's being a Debbie Downer today. I'm not. I'm in a good mood now. Let's see. He's a Debbie Downer. You're gonna make me cuss early. Yeah, get it, Chris. Potty. What you got, man? Uh, two things. So, <clears throat> one of the problems I have with Mills is he 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 always talks about like he doesn't get rattled. He's super confident. And, like, I don't know if that's bullshit or if it's real. And if it's real, I, I don't know. Maybe he needs to check himself a little bit and maybe be a little more honest with himself. Because it's, it's almost like when people are so confident that they can't make – like, they can't see their own faults or something. But every time he talks, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I never get nervous before games. I'm a confident guy, you know, and all that. And it's like – but but you go out there and you, you don't look confident. You look like you shrivel up in the moment you know, like in, in the fourth quarter every game. And then the other thing is last year when he really played well, and I know you can't do this the whole game, but when they went up tempo, he, he played so much better last year when they did that. And they, and they just don't do that. I mean, they're getting delay of games or damn near, you know, getting a delay of game seems like every play they're running the clock all the way down. It's like, man, get going, move the ball. Yeah, so, no, I think, I think the up tempo thing, it kind of helps him. Build. I mean, he played his best last year when he did that. Yeah, it seems to him he seems to build a good rhythm. You know, go go up tempo, play action, three and five step drops, and 
find your receiver and go. And we're just not seeing that. He's really locking on to the first guy early. He's having trouble getting through his progressions. And we're seeing him just go. I mean, there's times where you need to go for the check down and, and go for the easy money. But, man, it's getting it's getting tougher. You see, you go back and watch the tape, and there's times where there's other players wide open down the field and or, you know, opposite field and it's usually on his left side because that's where he seems to struggle the most between the numbers he does well right side of the field he does decent left side of the field he really has trouble with accuracy issues or even throwing the ball to that side of the field so it's you know I think you're it's a very solid point Chris I think that's a definitely an issue that you would like to see the team to go back back to. I mean, it, there's no reason why you wouldn't just give that a shot at this point. Nothing else is working. So, you know, hey, I'm right there with you. Landry, you got anything? Yeah, the up-tempo is, is interesting. I think it, it could be connected to, you know, just – I don't want to call it mop-up duty, but less pressure. But there is, there is something to him playing better in up-tempo. His biggest problem is the deep ball. Like, uh, he, he threw it better – Sunday, I guess, than he has all year. But last year, he threw the deep ball really well. Like, he threw it better than any rookie uh, in the league. And for, for whatever reason, this year, it started early at camp. He just can't connect on the deep ball. Like, the throws to Nico Collins early were as bad a misses as, you, as you'll ever have. Like, those were, I mean, those were maybe 30-yard plays uh, at least, and he just overshot them. So as much as, like, the tempo is, I, I think his ineffectiveness in throwing the deep ball uh, is is probably is probably the biggest problem right now, and I'm actually the most surprising thing to me is that they've really been able to they've been unable to really get Cooks involved throughout the course of the game. I thought that was kind of like a given, given last year he had the 90 catches, but they've kind of struggled uh, getting Cooks involved. I, I thought Cooks was going to light it up this year, uh, but for whatever reason he hasn't, and, I, and he only had seven targets a couple of couple of games ago, and that's surprising too. Yeah, and I'm looking at their pace right now on Football Outsiders this year. They're 16th on seconds per play at 28.11, which is slightly lower than last year. They were like 27.6, something like that. But the interesting one is their first half, they're the ninth fastest, and the second half, they're the 19th fastest. And I can't make sense of that because it seems like they're trailing more often than not. So you would think the the time between plays would be flip-flop. They would be faster in the second half, but they're definitely slower in the second half based on this number. And 16th in the league, and same with, you know, pre-snap notion, pre-snap motion is almost damn near last in the league. You know, that's that can be used in different ways to... What about the free pre-snap motion that Pep Hamilton likes to whip out? <laughs> So he's not doing any pre-snap motion right now. It's it's in the single digits on the percentage. I'm talking about the free free where they're lining everyone up on the right side, and then they, I think they did it the first play. Oh the yeah, so and then cute. they put Titus Howard at left tackle out. So yeah, that was a weird play too. But it's 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 just a it's just a big old mess. Put it that way. Simple as that. Chris, I appreciate it, man. You got anything else? Yeah, I think one other thing. So yeah. the, on the pre-snap pre-snap stuff, right? So. I think that's why so many of these plays, whenever they're they're checking down and they're getting like a yard or two yards, is because like you're making it easy for the defense, right? Like I think he had like 
it was like nine of 12 or 10 of 13 for like 30 yards at the start of that game. And it's like, there, there's no room to make a play, right? Like they're, they're making the catch and there's somebody right there. And it's like, you got to do the pre-snap stuff. You got to keep the defense guessing. And, and they just don't do any of that. Yeah. He was 10 of 14 for like 43 or something. Um, early on with the interception and then after the Pierce run. And I actually thought the Pierce run was big because I think he was fried. I think Davis Mills was fried. I think we were going to see like a potential benching Uh, after the Pierce run. He was actually, he calmed down pretty nicely over 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns, interception completion, uh, completion percentage, a little bit down, but uh, he was connected more on the deep ball, but, yeah, early on he was t- – I mean, Damian Pierce had, what, six catches for eight yards or something like that? Yeah. I mean, that tells you all you really need to know about There you go. Game. That just feeds in more to my my thoughts that he is driven by results in front of him. And, you know, like I said, he, he seems to crater when something bad happens and when something good happens, he really feeds off of it. So, and it's not always going to be that way for him. It's going to be quite difficult. Chris, I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thank you. Vera wants to get in here. Uh oh. Yeah. Talk draft. Vera's going draft. Goodness gracious. I, I knew this was gonna happen. Here we go. Week, week four or week Vera's five. Vera's going draft. Oh my god. Vera, go ahead. Who do you want with the top three? Hey picks? guys. Um appreciate uh you guys taking my question. Um one of the other things, and I think this was a issue knowing um going into the season we knew, um, but it's really kind of stood out even more, has been the lack of I wasn't production would be a good production would be a very optimistic word. Any participation, any relevant participation from any tight end. I know they just cut all pro Pharaoh today, so um <laughs> it seems like with at least with um Pep's system, whether he was with uh Dwayne, I think it was named Dwayne Allen and um Kobe Fleener when he was at uh Coles they always had two solid Titans who could catch and who could run after the thing. Because the Titan screens were the most worthless play calls um, because none, none of our Titans are speedsters. Um, so it was worthless play calling. But I think it's really made Mills, not Mills himself with a sophomore slump, but it's made Mills' job so much more worse. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just difficult to find very good tight ends. That's why you see there's only four or five top tier mm-hmm. tight ends. And then there's a big drop off to the next group down, but they had so many roster areas to adjust. I think tight end just kind of got left behind and Farrell Brown re-signing him didn't really make a whole lot of sense. That was another like Justin Britt. That's just, those are players that you don't resign and you certainly don't resign at that price point that you brought them back at. Unfortunately, the Texans tax was clear view this offseason. But, yeah, and then Farrell Brown being released, um, you know, is what it is. But now it's Jordan Akins and, and O.J. Howard. And O.J. Howard, at, you know, he flashed early, had those two good touchdowns, but he's blocking very well. Yeah, is, and that's it's important. Just great. Very it's, important. Yes. But Vera, yeah, I think – it was just one of those positions that got left behind. Hopefully the team can readdress it in 2023, whether it's a, a draft or, or a free agent, but just free agency is a crapshoot anyway. So hopefully they can find a, 
a Jelani Woods type athletic guy because it doesn't seem like Brevin Jordan's going to be that athletic guy that they were hoping. Maybe I'm closing the book a little early on him, but he's the uh, he's the training camp two weeks first two weeks of training camp hero, and then just kind of goes downhill from there. So Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers, 2024, baby. Brock Bowers, 2024. So we'll, just, we'll just roll with Aikens and Jordan and uh, Howard again next year. Yeah, to get some Brock Bowers. No, but the tight end position, I, I, I thought about this, and I, and I put this on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, Locker Room, Landry Locker YouTube. Would be much appreciated. All love to you. But I, I looked at the Farrell Brown situation in the tight end position from a glass half full uh, and a glass half empty perspective. I will say, since the end of training camp, the position has improved. I think we can agree on that. Like the position has improved from the end of training camp to now. Now it stinks that Jordan Akins is a better player than uh, Brevin Jordan injury or not right now. That kind of stinks. But I do think OJ Howard's a guy that can be, you know, one of your top two, top three tight ends uh, past this year. And, and maybe he can progress it even more than he has. We've seen him. We've seen him do some good things blocking. We've seen him do some good things receiving. So maybe he puts it all together and you figure it out with OJ Howard. So I do like that, but it was what, what you said about Justin Britt and Farrell Brown was a problem. And I hope it's not an evaluation thing. That's going to matter when they're good. Like when you have a guy in your building for a year and it's obvious to anyone who watches the game that he can't play. I hope that we don't have situations where Rex Burkhead's back and he's higher up on the depth chart and Justin Britt's your starting center, no matter what. And Farrell Brown, who, by the way, practices better than Rudy. Uh, Farrell Brown uh, is is here no matter what, despite a disappointing year. I'm hoping that the evaluation and maybe the pool in which they're picking from is a little bit deeper to where we don't have these guys. And I didn't even mention Kamu Grugier Hill and Kirksey. I think the linebackers, as bad as the tight end is right now, the linebackers is the worst position group on this team, and I don't even know if it's close. Yeah, I think uh... – we saw, I saw Daniel Jeremiah sitting upstairs. He was eating, and then somebody was talking to him, maybe an Aaron. And I heard, I was looked over, and I just heard it, and he said, this linebacker group is just awful. <laughs> and that is as clear as can no, be. It's, and, the worst, it's the worst in franchise history. Yeah, and it's it's no fault of their own. I mean, that's just the talent level that they have there with, with Kamu. Well, it and, is their fault because they brought that. I meant the players. It's not the players' oh, okay, fault. Okay, I mean, okay. they're put, they're playing their heart out. They're doing the best they can. Yeah. There are 100 snaps oh, on. Oh, for sure. They're not coming off the field. They're going to be wore out by, like, week 14, 13, 12. So, hopefully – you know, Christian Harris returned back to practice. I'm sorry, Vera. Did you have anything else, bud? Kind of just. I was off. going to. I was just going to say one last thing yeah. is, one uh, in middle of all this doom and gloom, the one positive I know we're talking about Stingley and Petrie has been how good um, Kenyon Green has been with his yep. pancaking the op, uh, the opposing players, especially in the running game. His yep. pass protection still needs a little work because I, I think at least from the Chargers game and even the one before that the. The uh, I Broncos. think it was the Bears game. We did see where pass rushes were starting to move in. I think it was the yeah, um, especially with uh, Ngakwe. He was moving in because they, he wasn't getting much pressure through Tunsil, but he was moving in and like uh, hurrying uh, Kenyon Green. But Kenyon Green's run blocking has been such a huge bonus to this team. I mean, it's the first time yeah. it's looked competent in many years. He's going to be a good player. And that's, that's the good thing about Christian Harris. And we can tie this all together. Uh, your top three premium picks, they look like, they look like chess pieces. They look like guys that are going to be here for a long time. And Petrie Stingley, 
uh, and green, and they all look good. You're uh, another guy, uh, Christian Harris, who was a third round guy. Uh, the linebacking core needs someone that at least looks like they can be a piece of this thing past this year because there's a chance that next year they're looking for three new starting linebackers. Like there's a really good chance and it would be nice to see yet another premium pick top three rounds is what I consider premium picks. Another premium pick go out there and show something. And that's when it really gets a little bit exciting when you start thinking about all the other picks and stuff. But I think you can kind of connect, you know, the linebackers and the optimism with the top three picks together and that's why I'm so excited about seeing Christian Harris. He was my most intriguing rookie before the season. I'm pumped to see this kid run, play, do whatever they ask him to do. And Lovey loves him. Oh, yeah. Lovey definitely loves him. We'll see. I don't know if he's going to be active for this week. I have a feeling they'll let it carry over into the bye and then activate him after that. Probably bring in uh, Mario Addison. Both of them return to practice this week. So, Probably Mario Addison gets put to the 53, and then uh, Christian Harris after the bye, maybe Tavier Thomas, things like that. Um, but, yeah, that's that's another player that I think everybody's excited to see. And, that, I mean, that's a very good point, Landry, nobody's talking about, is the, the linebacker group for 2024 or 2023 at this point. It's, it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of resources, whether it's uh, straight – straight draft picks or whatnot, but, I mean, they've got two firsts, a second, two thirds, and a f- we'll probably count the fourth because it's probably going to be a, a very high pick. So there's a very real chance that they could have almost uh, four picks in, or five picks, six picks in the top 100, top 125. So they definitely will hopefully utilize some of that draft stock towards that position to, to build on what hopefully we'll see from Christian Harris here in a few weeks. That part's very exciting. So, yeah, both of those players returned to practice this week. We saw uh, – we talked about Farrell Brown release. No no big surprise, no big no big stunning, no no major gasp or loss to that one as well. So, you know, there's 52 players on the roster, so Mario Addison can just slide right in and not have to, to worry about anything else on that. Uh, so we got a couple requests in here. We got, uh, we'll go to Hippolito, and then we'll go to Michael after that. There we go. Hippolito, the man who got a hundred bucks from Casario. Two hundred. Two hundred. Get it right. My bad. Take yourself off mute, Hippolito. There he is. Yeah, yeah. I said uh, two hundred. Two hundred. Yes, sir. He's gonna need to give me two hundred more to, for me to keep watching Davis Mills. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Landry, text Omar and tell him Hip needs another two hundred uh, right. to keep watching. Uh, no, but uh, I was gonna get on just to bash Mills, but I bash him enough on my Twitter feed on Sunday, so I was like, I'll, I'll let him make it today. But the the one thing I wanted to talk about that I've seen with, I guess, like the coaching staff with Lovey is, you know, um, we asked after the first game, why did Rex Burkhead out-snap Damian Pierce? And then the next game, they made sure that Damian Pierce had more, you know, snaps at running back. And then DJ asks uh, Pep, hey, why aren't we moving Brandon Cooks around and, you know, playing him more in the slot and, you know, um, and that, and then they turn around and they do – exactly that this next game so i'm just a little concerned that we're just listening to everybody which 
everybody was right, right? We needed to see Damian Pierce get, you know, more snaps at, at running back than than uh, 98-year-old Rex Burkhead. And Brandon Cooks did need to be moved in the slot. But so now we're listening to, to outside, I guess, comments, and, and we're doing that on the field. It's just kind of crazy to see that, how quickly they, they react and they start to change that. And I'm just – I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, obviously it is, I guess, in, with Damian Pierce, but it's also like, are they listening to them, everybody else, or are they really just making those decisions based on, you know, them and coaching? Yeah, are they making football decisions and not well, media fan-driven decisions? The thing about it, Hippo, is I don't. I think, it's, I think they're just doing dumb shit and then uh, showing some common sense. Like, and I... And I I'm not saying that that's better, but I, I think they're just doing dumb stuff that is so blatantly dumb, and then they're just correcting the dumbness. Like we knew, we knew Damian Pierce should out snap Rex Burkhead. It didn't take a question from a media type to ask that, and we knew that Brandon Cook should be moved around a little bit, and they figured it out. So I don't think it's as much that they're. I'm not saying this is better, but I think they're just doing dumb stuff, and then they're correcting it, which. Right. It definitely seems kind of scary. It's like it's so obvious to everybody else that this is what we should be doing, except for them until they try the dumb stuff. It's crazy. And I am super excited about Christian Harris. And I hope, you know, obviously, hopefully coming off of the bye, he gets activated so that we can see what we got with him. Because I think he's going to be pretty special as well, just like Petrie and, and the rest of those guys. Curious to see where he's going to go on the linebacker line if he's – because it sounds like, you know, Cashman's probably going to be out this week with concussion, and so it's going to be Garrett Wallow getting in there with a little Neville Hewitt. So kind of curious to see if Christian slides in over over Kamu or if he slides in over Wallow. And uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> Be interesting to see where they slide him in at. All right, Hippolito, you got anything else, man? No, man, that's it. Thank you, guys. All right, have a good one, bud. They need Neville Hewitt, too. Like, Neville Hewitt's just one of those guys that's going to stick his head in there. Not mm. the most athletic guy, but they need someone who's going to be able to stick his head in there and at least, like, do something, not get pushed back. Yeah, he's he's definitely a little bit larger in stature. And so, I mean, he was a tackle machine two years ago with New York, so... Hey, Cal McNair. Excuse me? Excuse me? You don't remember when Cal McNair called him a tackling machine? No. I think he plays it. Oh. I don't like you sometimes. All right, let's go to Michael. So I don't scream at Landry. What's up, Michael? What's up, Texas Cap and Landry? Um... We've been watching, we've had 10 to 20 people every week on the um, All-22 over Zoom, just kind of all wanting to, uh, as Texans fans and people who cover the team, kind of see, hey, what are you seeing? Are we all seeing the same thing? And, you know, obviously we've seen some of the patterns with Mills and how he's kind of regressed and how teams have kind of figured him out a little bit or some of his tendencies from last year. Um but I really can't get over how um, our defensive tackles 
I mean, in particular, um, Roy Lopez, like he is either getting no penetration or he, his ass is on the ground. And like, does he have some sort of dirt on somebody? How is he getting so many reps? Um, and I mean, I'm kind of facetious with that, but, uh, and y'all's comment about the linebackers. I, I, my hope is that, um, Christian Harris ends up getting significant snaps, you know, towards the middle and end of the season and progresses and kind of becomes a really good starter. Obviously his only really issue, uh, is tackling consistency. Uh, but he's super fast, super athletic. Instinctive well, he'll, fit guy. Right, he'll fit right in with this group then. Yeah. So my hope is I think we'll end up having him as starter next year, uh, drafting a guy, maybe the second or third round and then picking up a free agent because I'm sure we have, uh, quite a bit of cap space. I know you're the, the guy on that. So, um, what kind of, what do you think are going to be our top priorities in free agency and, um, what's up with Roy Lopez and him getting so many snaps when he clearly is not getting the job done? Thanks, well, guys. All right, appreciate it, Michael. I, I, just... I think Roy Roy's the rotational guy, man. Like that's what he is. Um, unfortunately, on this team, he's probably getting to do a lot more. But I think in the long run, it'll pay off. He's he's a he's a day three guy who overachieved last year, and he's just you know he's he's a rotational guy. He's not really a guy that should. Uh, be a starter on a good football team. Christian can run, man. Like that's the thing. These linebackers, he and I think he can tackle. I think a lot of times at Alabama, it's kind of easy to lose your fundamentals because you can go for the big hit, and chances are there's going to be four guys right there behind you, uh, you know, tackling the guy. Uh, but he's a freak athlete, and we also got to remember Christian Harris has only been playing linebacker for three years. Uh, he was a corner slash wide receiver slash running back type of guy, but he started every game at Alabama. So I, I'm not worried about Christian Harris. I think Christian Harris is going to be good. Uh, the Roy thing, man, I mean, it's that's just that's just a sign of the team. I think Roy's going to be fine. He's playing probably a lot more than you would like. Uh, but I, 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 would, I, I would ease up on Roy. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be – he's a good dude, uh, and he's a good guy to have on a football team. He's just not really someone you probably want playing as much as he's having to play right now. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's between Lopez and Collins are getting the majority of the snaps. Kurt Heinish, undrafted rookie, is getting in there some when when he can stay healthy. He is struggling. He should have kept number 69. As soon as he got rid of number 69, he went downhill. He started out good, you know, the first week, second week, but this past couple weeks, yeah, it's it's gone backwards for him. So, and I know he's, he's fighting a little bit of injuries as well. This past week, he had. A lot of struggles i think the whole front i mean there was no pressure on on justin herbert this week this was probably the weakest pass rush pass rush effort by this defensive line both edge and interior that we've seen all season i think they only had like two quarterback hits or no no quarterback hits they had one sack and that was when justin herbert slid right before the line of scrimmage so it went down as a sack so really they didn't have any air quotes real sacks this week so it's just it's just a big uh, frustrating thing for the offense and defensive line. Hopefully they can get it sorted back out. There's just really unfortunately there's really nobody behind Roy Lopez and Malik Collins. I mean, it's Thomas Booker who's still a rookie and and he's having some issues. He 
flashes here and there, but it, your your second string defensive tackles are an undrafted rookie and a, and a sixth round, fifth round draft pick. So and then behind that, it's Damone Harris and Michael Dumfor. So it's just it's another thing. It's kind of like the tight end position that you know you can only address so much in in one season. So we'll we'll see. I agree with Landry. I think Roy Lopez, you know, just is what it is. Overachieved last year, but you know he's still slightly above a replacement type player. As for the cap for next year, I mean it's a little early to be digging into. There we go. To this pos- is where we party here. I think you're gonna. I'm, I'm hoping, and this is kind of what I'm hearing. So the team is acknowledging that they have too big of a middle class on their roster, which is preventing them from. A signing more players this year, but it's just preventing them for for signing quality Explain players. What middle class name? What do you mean yeah. by middle class? Uh, you have a large group of players that have cap charges that are in the three and a half to two and a half million. That's like eighty percent of your roster, and that's just that's unusual. That's something New England did, but they also had a very good quarterback when they did that. Not the situation here. Most teams will have four or five, six players at the top that are very cap heavy, a small middle class, and then a big rookie minimum weight, you know, minimum salary top players. That's not what they have here. They've got players that are down in the, you know, number one, number 51, 52, 53 on this roster that are making more money than a rookie. So I think you're going to see a change in that. I think they're going to try to target some more players next year that are more minimum wage type players i don't think it's going to be a very splashy free agency i think you might see the quantity go down hopefully we see the quantity go down i think you might see one or two calculated bigger signings versus what we've seen the past two years and then a bunch of uh lower level not that mid-level the Farrell brown justin Britt type signing where you're you're bringing in minimum weight minimum salary players for two two and a half million fully guaranteed so how about four yeah, that too. I mean, and Jalen Reeves Maben. Ooh, that one's just a horrible. What is point. what is Jay, what is a Jalen Reeves Maben? He's linebacker like six. He's got cement boots, and he's got a guaranteed salary this year and some partial guarantee next year. And yeah, why? I don't know. It, like I said, it's. I think there's a little. There was a little bit of a Texans tax out there this year and last year. Players wanted a little more money, a little more guarantee to come play here. So. I think they're hoping to try to get out from underneath that for next year at least and and try to avoid giving out these small guarantees, these $750,000, $1 million guarantees that are just eating away at the cap. So, like I said, it, it's going to be some calculated, probably one or two calculated big signings and then a bunch of minimum salary type signings. I don't think you're going to see the bulk like we saw this year with the uh, the middle of the class type salary cap. So it would be something to keep an eye on. The The salary cap, I mean, right now they're probably projected going to start the offseason around $38 million, but that number is going to increase once they start moving some players off the roster that are under contract for next year. So they'll get it sorted out. Still going to require a lot of backfilling. Not a whole lot of players on the under contract for next year. They're going to have to – I think they have 40 players under contract towards a 90-man roster, so – Maybe we'll actually see a bigger free uh, undrafted class for once. But with that, um, let's see. I wanted to kind of look ahead, looking towards the Jaguars game. 
Right now, I think the Jags are what seven point favorites playing at playing in Jacksonville. What one of the things is going to be Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. They're they're having both very good seasons by comparison to their past work. Do we think Stingley's going to shadow one guy like he's been doing, or are they going to just keep Nelson and Stingley on their side of the fields this week? No, neither um, one of those are guys sure, are, are like. Are you sure Stingley's playing? Are you sure Stingley's playing? Yeah, I, I will. For this exercise, we'll assume he's playing. Yeah, I think I think they'll probably I, move I, him around. I think they'll move. I think they'll move Stingley around a little bit. Who would he follow though, Christian Kirk? I don't know if he's necessarily going to follow someone. I, I just see him lining up at different spots. I don't think I don't think you're going to shadow Christian Kirk or anything like that. Yeah, but not like the Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton deals but what's your take on on jacksonville so far i mean they're 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 good they're They're good yeah i mean they 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 ran into the best team in the nfl on uh sunday i mean at this point philadelphia is really good uh philadelphia forced the five turnovers but i think jacksonville's a good team i think that they they compiled some young talent they got a competent coach uh, and i think they're you know one of those you know teams that are going to be competing for a wild card the division. So I think they're I think they're pretty good. I think they're they're definitely a lot better than we become used to. Yeah, hopefully the pass rush can get back to it cuz I was looking at Trevor Lawrence's numbers when he's under pressure versus a clean pocket and it is a drastic difference. Yeah. It's, it's bad. He gets happy feet and he doesn't hold on to the ball, yeah. which a lot of times people just chalk it up to pressure, but it does seem like there's a couple of times where even getting hit like that, you you'd like to see him hold on to the ball. Uh, a little bit, but you can definitely you can definitely take it away from him. Yeah, his QB rating when he has a clean pocket is one twenty one point seven, but it's a very scary thirty eight point four when he's under pressure. So hopefully, Lovey can figure out a way to to get in the backfield and kind of make Lawrence a little uncomfortable, and that might be the path towards his team having a shot at winning this weekend. Um, Michael, did you have anything else before we move on? Um, I think that was it. Uh, okay. Thanks for answering, guys. All right. Thank you. Get Thomas in here. Hey, Thomas. What you got, man? I hate to ask this, but do you think maybe Davis Mills is missing Tim Kelly? Ooh. I don't I, I don't know that he's missing him. I think it's. I think it's more mental than than scheme related. I mean, he Landry had they had Davis Mills on multiple times during the off season during training camp, and he just seemed quite excited about this offensive scheme and and how things were sorting out. So I don't know. I I, I think it's I don't think it's a function of Pep versus Tim Kelly. I think it's a a version of like we were talking about the the pressure and and the uh, momentum swings that he's faced with. And that's kind of leading towards the decay that we're seeing right now. Landry? No, I don't. I don't think he is at all. So, no. <laughs> we don't want Tim Kelly back, no. Yeah, that's – no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> all right, Thomas, you got anything else, buddy? No, that's all. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. Oh, man, Tim Kelly. No, thank you. Is he still in Tennessee, I guess? He's one of the offensive coaches there. Let's see here. I don't think we have any other requests. No other uh, 
comments in the in the Twitter thread other than everybody saying they can hear us. I didn't really have too many other points of emphasis to cover tonight. Are you going to go to the uh, the media combine? Yeah, I'll be there. I'm definitely not doing anything explosive. I'm not going to run any 40. I'm not jumping or anything. So, yeah. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out if I can make uh, the schedule work to get out there. Yeah, I'll go check it out. Maybe talk to Lovey and Pep and my, my, my BFF, Frank Ross. Oh, uh, that's right. They're going to be out there. It's my brother, dude. My boy. When are you going to get him back on air? He's always fun to listen to. <clears throat> I don't know. Hopefully soon. Uh, I like Frank kind of flying under the radar, though. I just like I just like Frank kind of doing his thing. He's a, he's a preseason type of dude. We're going to have someone on tomorrow, though. We just don't know who. Um, they're going to work on that. We've been getting get some good Thursday interviews, so we'll get someone on tomorrow. Sports Radio 610. Fire up the Odyssey app. Just as important. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locker Room, Landry Locker. It's on the link in the bio. Not sure you, me- not sure you mentioned it yet. No, nah, we just need to get it. I got to go Mike Jones. Everyone remembers Mike Jones' phone number. Got to get it going. We're three weeks into this. It's been fun. Appreciate all the subscriptions. Keep them coming. Let's get it. Post-game show, by the way, best post-game show in town. It is. It is pretty good. I've enjoyed that. So the post-game show will be popping this week. Uh, right after right after the game and it's gonna be fun man it's gonna be a good time these are fun times it's, it, it's not like last year you can see some light at the end of the tunnel i'm starting to just imagine having you know two picks in the top 15 uh and all the possibilities i'm falling in love with bryce young don't even need to look at any other quarterbacks at this point and it's fun it's fun times despite what cap says it's fun enjoy it I, what don't do you mean, like despite what Cap says? I have not said it's not fun. Don't you, let Cap crush your spirits, people. You are so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me crush your Sanchez, what you got, man? Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of waiting for 2024 QBs and yours or Caleb Williams? I would be good with it. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Uh Although I, I still do have my foot, his foot in my ass from Texas OU last year. So I will say that I'm a big Caleb Williams college guy. I think USC has a chance to make the playoff. Don't know about him as a pro quarterback uh, and really don't know about yours either. Uh, he, he's definitely got the arm talent. Um, I don't know if you necessarily wait for those guys, but you could sell me on bringing in a veteran quarterback next year to compete with Mills and filling in other holes, starting with Will Anderson uh, as your uh, cornerstone guy, uh, and then you know figuring stuff out because I think I think they could build a good enough roster next year, especially if they have as impactful rookies and uh, make some good signings to where they're competitive. Uh, and if it is a veteran quarterback that you bring in to compete with Mills, uh, pick a name, maybe not Garoppolo, something else. Uh, I would be down with it, but I don't know if it would necessarily be for sure Ewers or Williams. But I w- you could sell me on that, especially if you're getting a Will Anderson and then you're getting you know, some other needs with those, those first few picks. I could definitely sign up for that. Yeah, I don't think there's any <coughs> – excuse me. I don't think there's too many people against that. It's just going to be another thing of asking a lot of patience out of, out of the fan base to, to not take a quarterback and wait <laughs> another I, year for the – I mean, I, I, I think be, Bryce is the truth. I really do. I, I, don't, I don't care – I don't care about the height. 
He doesn't take hits. He's very good at avoiding hits like Kyler Murray. Uh, he's got the pedigree. He's got the arm strength. Um, <clears throat> I think it's going to be easier for him in the NFL because he's, you know, having to run O'Brien's offense. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Bryce Young guy. So I'm, I'm in on that. I can be sold on other words. I'm also big on Will Anderson. But it's not quarterback or bust. But I think if they passed on Bryce Young, they would regret it. Fair enough. I also, though, would be open, and this kind of goes back to it, I also would be open to trading one of those picks, especially if there is a Will Levis or something. Like, let's say Cleveland just plummets. Let's just say Cleveland just boom. Like, if you look at their schedule, let's say Cleveland's bad, and let's say Deshaun's rusty. Because if you saw him in preseason, he was already rusty. Let's say Deshaun's rusty, and let's say Cleveland has the seventh pick. And the Texans make their selection at number one, whoever it is. And then at seven, Will Levis is still there and someone's in love with them. You could get a couple of firsts, move back in the draft, and you got three first-round picks for the next couple of years, and you keep it going. So the dream scenario, really, if Cleveland is like in the top ten and then like a Will Levis falls or another quarterback and someone falls in love, you can trade and you can have a lot of fun with that. A lot of fun with that. Man, I'm excited for the draft. <laughs> it's a little ways away. We've still got a regular season to finish. I'm still enjoying the regular season. I'm not letting you crush my spirit, Cap. I don't crush anybody's spirits, for the record. I'm always a joy to be around and positive-natured, so Landry is full of shit. Um, all right, Sanchez, you got anything else, bud? Yeah, why exactly? Are you, I mean, other than he's not the greatest, but... I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to having Jimmy G here for one season. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to having Jimmy compete either. Um, and and, and if, if your plan goes through and, like, if, if they don't draft a quarterback and you have Jimmy G compete with Davis Mills, I think you could do a lot worse. Now, you're, you're, you're going to have to have good running backs uh, with Jimmy G. So you're going to have to figure that out. Probably some, some – you're going to have to have better tight ends, uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to Jimmy G. I just know he's a polarizing guy. So, I said, you know, if it's not Jimmy G. But yeah, I'm. I'm not 100. percent Like if if they don't draft a quarterback and it's a Jimmy G. Davis Mills competition, you can sell me on that. I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> no, we're not at all. No, it, there's really not many other options beyond a, like a Teddy Bridgewater or a Daniel Jones or a Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's really what you're looking at, or Jacoby Brissett type things. So there's really not many other options on the on the quarterback, veteran quarterback front as of right now. Things can change, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. I, I I certainly could be sold on on that route as well if it meant you bolstering the rest of the roster and getting you some more impact players and have a a bridge type quarterback for another year into 2024. But if your quarterback's there and you and you believe in him and you believe that's the right choice, then you just got to take it and go. And if it's Bryce Young or whoever it may be, at, at, if the team ends up at number one overall, then I just don't think you can pass up on it at that point. Just to just to just I mean that's the, that's your franchise piece. So if you feel he's the right guy, then there's no reason not to not to go down that road. So Sanchez, I appreciate it, buddy. It looks like Hippolito wants to get back in here one more time. All right, Hip, what you got? I just, uh, you know, we're talking about college QBs, so I, I had to apologize to Landry 
because I, I uh, hashtag tweeted uh, Spencer Rattler season way too many times last year. And, uh, yeah, Landry uh, told me to stop, and I continued to uh, do that. And, uh, yeah, no Spencer Rattler season. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I'm surprised how crappy he is. It was obvious last year at Texas OU there was something wrong with him. And he just, yeah. I, I just didn't expect him to be that freaking bad. <laughs> I did not. Like, have, you ever watched, just... have you ever watched uh, his Netflix? I did the the QB one under I think is it what yeah. under the lights or whatever yeah, yeah. and he was just man. a snot nosed punk but yeah he was a jerk yeah I was just like man I, this kid's got to be a little bit better than 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 what he's shown but good lord it's it's bad all right appreciate it hip what else is going on Landry got football got the Texans. I got the Astros playing baseball. Jack Easterby voice. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. Rockets about to start. Uh, might need to tank for Victor. Um, I, I don't want to say the hashtag because it would be inappropriate, but suck D for V uh, uh, is what I'll say. Got it. Uh, suck D for Vic. Be awful. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it. A lot, lot going on. What's the college game that we're watching this weekend? Texas OU, what kind of question is that? You're asking me what I'm watching during Texas OU weekend? What the hell's wrong with you, sir? Special me, place in my heart. Let me rephrase. What game are you watching beyond the Texans OU game? Uh, Got to check in on TCU versus uh, versus Kansas. I'm very surprised that Kansas is uh, only a seven-point underdog there. I don't think Kansas wins over seven games this year. If they do win seven, I think the coach deserves coach of the year. So that one's going to be an 11 o'clock kickoff. Um, still got to watch Texas A&M versus Alabama because there's a lot of talent there. Um, see if Bryce Young plays. See if we get to see the kid from Katie again. So I'm definitely going to watch uh, that. Uh, and then there's there's all kinds of matchups uh, in the SEC. Uh, I don't want to bore you with them, but the, the, my, my focus will be Big 12 SEC centered. I want to see if A&M can at least compete with Alabama. I don't anticipate it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the with the can with the Texas OU Red River shootout. Might go. I'll be in. I'll, I'm gonna go in town for it. Just don't know if I'm gonna go. Okay. Good. Yes, Vera sir. wants to get back in here one more time. Vera, you're gonna talk about the draft now. Go ahead, Vera. Last uh, question for the evening: Which game do you want to see the Texans win more? Uh, Cowboys or Browns? Browns. Yeah. Thank you. Browns. I'll be, I'll be uh, downstairs in the stands for that game instead of upstairs. Yeah, Browns. Yeah. Thank you. No doubt. Yeah, I'm gonna be being be cheering that game as a fan and uh, rooting against a certain individual during that game. So, assuming he's playing, say his name. Deshaun Watson. I will there be rooting go. against him. Say his name. That's going to be an ugly – that's going to be – I mean, the fan turnout has been a little low, but – I bet there's like 40% Browns. There was a lot of blue, uh, light blue this – you know, on the Charger game, so. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Browns fans there. Yeah. You think uh, is it is it true Browns fans or is it transplants that followed Watson up to Cleveland? Mixture. Mixture. Mm-hmm. Mixture of it. 
Yeah, well, okay, so we'll go 1-15-1 and 15 and one this year and just yeah. get the one win against the Browns and get the number That's one over pick. That's it. So I'm full of optimism. And, make, and then it's like a good win because you make their draft stock worse. Don't yeah, you? we need Jacoby to continue what he's doing and, and keep that team from winning games. I'm not sure. Their ske- oh, you mentioned it before. Their schedule is pretty tough coming up. So It's real tough. Yeah. Yeah, they should be 4-0 right now. They're 2-2. Two two. They're doing you a lot of favors right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all I had, sir. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Cheer up, dude. What part? You know, you're just pushing my buttons at this point. I see <laughs> I hear you laughing. I'm in a good mood. Despite right, the up, despite dude. the crappy day, and I'm in a good mood. Talking to you, having fun, and all you're right. going to tell me to cheer up. I'm just here for you, dude. Trying to be a good friend. All right. All right. Everybody, I appreciate you appreciate you, everybody listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Landry's YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to my uh, newsletter, capandtrade.substack.com. We'll get the podcast out later this week, probably tomorrow night or Friday. We'll get it posted up, and it'll be distributed via the newsletter. Uh, potentially some news announcements coming out from me next week or so we'll see see how things progress on that front and uh but i'll let everybody know if it ends up happening it's nothing shocking or outrageous it's just something different so we'll see how it goes looks like landry already bailed on me a little punk acting like he's cheering me up with that we'll call it a night everybody have a good evening and thank you for joining